Hello, and welcome to the Overland Journal podcast. I'm your host, Scott Brady, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Scott. And for this week, we are super excited to talk about the new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. This vehicle is all new from the ground up, and they've addressed all of the things that we saw as cons about the vehicle in previous podcasts. This thing is going to be available with up to 1,700 pounds of payload, 33-inch tall tires. It's going to have a Trail Hunter package built specifically for overlanding. The list goes on and on and on. So please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation about the all-new Tacoma with Matt and Scott. This content is brought to you by Overland Journal, our premium quality print publication. The magazine was founded in 2006 with the goal of providing independent equipment and vehicle reviews, along with the most stunning adventures and photography. We care deeply about the countries and cultures we visit and share our experiences freely with our readers. We also have zero advertorial policy and do not accept any advertiser compensation for our reviews. By subscribing to Overland Journal, you're helping to support our employee-owned and veteran-owned publication. Your support also provides resources and funding for content like you are watching or listening to right now. You can subscribe directly on our website at overlandjournal.com. Hello and welcome to the Overland Journal podcast. I'm your host, Scott Brady, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Scott, and uh, we are all smiles and excitement this morning. Toyota's back! Because the Tacoma is back. Yeah. Man, where do we even start? I mean, mean, there's a lot to talk about this Ground up. Ground up refresh. I think we were all big fans of the second generation Tacoma. And the first gen, of course. And the first gen. The third gen. You know, honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. It just, that's where, I'm not going to say that Toyota was asleep at the wheel. But you really started to see the competition come into that segment. Correct. You know, you started to see the Colorado ZR2 that was like, in my opinion, kind of mind bending for the segment. Yep. And now Toyota's responding. <laughs> they, they really are. And in earnest, like they're out for they're out for blood in their own little Toyota way. That's what it feels like. It yeah. feels like they've taken it so seriously. And it's almost like they listen to the podcast. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, because we've been we. We are both, we've both trusted our lives to Toyotas 100%. around the world, uh, but the Tacoma slowly became less appropriate as a tool with the limitations of the I, I frame, the limitations was, of the payload. It was enjoyable to drive. Yeah. You know, I, third gen we're talking the about. The third gen. I mean, that, that motor was a little weird in, yeah. just in how it operated, the whole mm. Atkinson cycle thing. And then the six speed and the very, very high first gear, it needed to be, you know, at least a 4.5 to five or a five to one first yeah. gear was a very high first gear. So it just kind of made it terrifying. You had to put like 488s in it or something yeah, to exactly. make it uh, yeah. drive right. And, it, and there were issues, but boy, I mean, I don't even know where to start on this. So I know I do know where to start this trail hunter thing. I think the name's a little tacky. Um, <laughs> yeah. The name is an interesting one. It's like, it's probably just that they couldn't find another good name because there's so many names that are, yeah, yeah. that are locked down now. The design guy's last name is also Hunter. So I'm oh, wondering if he like got it. worked his, oh, there we go. Worked his way <laughs> into, into that, in, into perpetuity, um, but it's really cool. I mean, if, if we were to sit down a couple of years ago, and say, what would the ultimate aftermarket and OE collaboration be? For me, it would probably still be AEV and RAM or something. But number number two for me would be ARB and Toyota. I mean, they are just, does a 70 series not get an ARB bumper at some point in its life? Like, exactly. You know, I mean, they yeah. are, they're, they're so hand in hand. And this, this trail hunter truthfully kind of was co-developed by ARB. I mean, they had 
ARB engineers working at Toyota, yeah, which is so cool. Really cool. And ARB has, it's in many of the way, same ways that AEV does, is this is a brand that we have all trusted. We've seen, yeah. we've seen just consistent quality, performance, durability. They do a lot of the same kinds of coatings and finishes as the OEM does. So you know that the ARB bumper is going to last a yeah. while without being corroded, a corroded mess. Yeah. And then, of course, they have the, the capability of integrating with the safety systems of the vehicle. So you can see on this Trail Hunter how much ARB is integrated. So you have actually labeled Old Man Emu suspension on the Trail Hunter, which is so cool. Yeah. Clearly, ARB would have also been involved with some of the spring tuning, which this is one of the questions that we don't have answered yet based upon the information that we have. I have asked Toyota and they, uh, they kind of skirted the question in their reply, but we don't know what the payload is going to be on the trail hunter. There is a lot of good things to talk about around payload with these vehicles because it's a huge improvement, but we actually just don't know where that one's going to end up at. But if ARB had anything to do with it, as far as the spring rates, it's probably going to be well suited yeah. to some higher payload numbers. Yeah. And, and I think it's really brave of Toyota to kind of split the market between the go fast desert crowd yes. and the overlanding crowd. Because yes. I mean, I mean, myself included, there, if you wanted kind of that somewhat factory prepped off-road truck, let's go down the lines of ZR2, Raptor, yep. TRX. They worked for the overlandy style travel, and it was nice to have those things done from the factory, but that wasn't their actual purpose. And there are so many people taking these desert trucks and trying to make them overlanders and throwing away all that suspension tuning and throwing away everything that went into it for the go fast side of things. I think it's really cool. I, I agree. And they actually are quite different. And that was actually one of the comments in the long form press release was that Toyota was very intentional about segmenting the different models. Yeah. So they have an affordable SR model that you can get a manual transmission in. They have an SR5. You can get a manual transmission. You can even get still get the extra cab. And that gives you 1,700 pounds of payload. There's some unanswered questions around that. Like, can you still get the TRD package? They traditionally had like an option check of, I want the TRD package, which gave you the rear locker, some slightly different shock absorbers and things like that. There's some unanswered questions on if you can still do that with the extra cab. Mm -hmm. But if you want to maximize payload, you can get 1,709 pounds, which just ever so slightly beats out the six-speed manual Gladiator by nine pounds, which is kind of funny. It's kind of a little... <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, like I know Toyota well enough where it's almost like they, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah. I don't really think that they would be like, oh, we're going to beat them by nine pounds. I think that it's probably what it came back. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. Because Toyota isn't, you know, they're not, they're not that way. They're a fairly conservative yeah. company. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different, I guess, specs and, and levels that you can get this truck in. You know, I'm just looking at, at the limited. And since I'm a slut for nice <laughs> interiors, uh, heated and cooled seats in a Tacoma. And it even gets it even gets more interesting because you get it you can get it with the iForce Max with an all-wheel drive transfer case. Oh, that's kind of cool. So you end up with this luxury mid-sized truck that has think of your kind of especially with the iForce Max, where you have a you know the advantages of it being a hybrid at high elevation. So you know you got your ski mountain ski town, yeah. you got your heated seats, you got your heated steering wheel, you've got your all-wheel drive, you got yeah, four hundred and sixty-five foot pounds of torque. I think. Is I mean, what it this is. this is the you know the large leap forward that we've been hoping and praying. Was oh, for coming sure. From 
from, for sure from Toyota. I mean, if they, it would have been very bad news had they taken the third gen and thrown a different motor in it. Yeah. It, that platform was just getting old and it couldn't keep up with, with the competition that was out there. I mean, if you think about it in the last couple months, what we've seen 2024 Ranger mm-hmm. and Ranger Raptor, GM and Chevy, Colorado and Canyon. Yep. Jeez. And, and then this, yeah. I mean, people are like, this segment is really, really heating up. And I think that that's really cool. And um, the big shot across the bow of the segment was, of course, the Gladiator, which had big numbers to begin with. But this was interesting. I'd been doing some research for this podcast around production numbers. And the Tacoma is still by far the most sold yeah. midsize There's at over a lot of brand loyalty there of over 200,000 units. But the second one in line is the GM product. So they came in at 111,000 units. And so they came out of like last place to second place within a matter of just a few years. But Gladiator numbers are off a little bit, but they're still it's a lot 80, of competition going for the Gladiator. 80,000 80, units of the Gladiator. So the midsize truck segment is just very popular. Mm. And there's a lot of great capability in it now too. I, I'm I'm very excited to see what you know. I know this podcast is focused on the new Tacoma, but we know that there's upgrades coming to the Gladiator yep. in the next couple of years. They just announced that they're going to do the two liter four by e powertrain, which I think is really cool. My one of my favorite powertrains yeah. on the planet right um, now. And then they have that Hurricane Straight Six coming that's mm-hmm. eventually supposed to make its way into Gladiator, Jeep, and all of these things. Really, really, it's it's going to be really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, like, what a great time to be alive as an overlander. I mean... Yeah, we're getting mid-sized trucks with some payload. Yep. And I think that one of the things that stood away from me when I read all of this on the new Tacoma is it feels like we're finally getting the Hilux back. And I'll explain a couple reasons why that's the case. So this vehicle is built on the new F-Series platform, which is what they build the Land Cruiser on. Yeah. This is going to be redimensioned, of course, for it being a narrower vehicle. But it is this is an extreme duty frame yeah. that ha- it's fully boxed, has additional frame members, cross members. So you're going to get away from that frame limitation that we've had with the Tacoma for so long. It's also going to have disc brakes in the rear. It's going to have heavier duty axles. You can see it in the photographs. These are heavy duty axles. I, I'm I'm very interested in in this kind of parts swapping environment between Tundra, Sequoia, Land Cruiser, yeah. Tacoma now. And you had an interesting comment earlier about these wide track Tacomas. Yeah, yeah. So TRD Pro and Trail Hunter, I, I guess it's important to say that we don't have all the information at this point. We're recording this a couple of days before embargo, lifts, embargo yeah. lifts. So some of this is interpreting what we're seeing and it should be taken as opinion or speculation. But the Trail Hunter and the TRD Pro are three inches wider than the standard, you know, that's right. Variants. SR5, yeah. And you can't get that through wheel offset as, mm. as a manufacturer. That's just too much. It really makes me wonder if these if these vehicles are getting the Tundra front end on it? Are they getting a Tundra rear axle? You know, cause then, then you're thinking gross axle weights for the rear and actual payloads and, and things. Maybe they could, maybe they could feasibly actually get some decent payload. It would, it would have to be wider front control arms. So if you've yep. got a narrower frame overall than the Tundra, and then you put the Tundra axles and control arms on there, you end up with this slightly wider version of a Tacoma. I think your thoughts are very... It, it would be po- interesting. I mean, it, we've seen that happen in the aftermarket. Like you could take the Titan stuff and swap that onto the the Frontier. Mm-hmm. It 
it would all maybe seem to work. I mean, heck, you could do that on the Land Cruiser too, where you take the Tundra right. front control arms, put them on the, the 200 series Land Cruiser, and it was like a factory long travel kit. That's that's interesting. You know, I think while we're on the subject of this Trail Hunter, it doesn't have an ARB front bumper. It has an ARB rear yeah. bumper, and they really hype it up, and it looks great. It does, and the and the recovery points. And look I'm gonna serious. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them some grace on this, and I think that everybody else should too. It is really really hard to get you know, pedestrian safety certifications for this kind of stuff. Oh, you yeah. have to, you have to be looking forward and having reserve capacity for the legislation that's, that maybe manufacturers know is coming, mm-hmm. you know? So we knew that this trail hunter concept was kind of coming out in my mind. I'm like, Oh, it's going to have, you know, the ARB bumper on the front. Well, I think you just do that aftermarket and you throw away the plastic bumper that's on there, which does look different and kind of cool. And given ARB's involvement with the package, they probably already have it in boxes ready to it's go. Probably is. So, so we may even see it at the Overland Expo um, this next week. The rock so. rails look pretty cool. They look and they're frame mounted, so they're very yeah. durable rock rails. It kind of. Do we want to kind of go through the Trail Hunter specs? Yeah, yeah. Why don't so you it, it looks that? it looks like that the Trail Hunter is only going to be available in the iForce Max. You're going to get maximum fuel economy, but you're only going to get the automatic. So you're not going to be able to get a manual transmission. The one thing I found most interesting, and this is there's a bunch of nuggets kind of deep into some of the copy on the press release, but you can get the Trail Hunter in a double cab long bed. So mm-hmm. that's going to clearly be the Overland variant. So you have a six foot bed for a full length go, go yeah. fast camper or some other lightweight camper system. You're going to end up with a lot of storage space overall. You end up with two and a half inch diameter old man emu monotube position sensitive shock absorbers, and they do have piggyback style remote reservoirs on them. Uh, you've got the the Trail Hunter Forge aluminum upper control arms. They're bronze color. That's what I was laughing at. Then you have a locking rear differential super key. This is ooh, a this is ooh, a big ooh, update. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, say it. Front sway bar disconnect. I know. It's such a big deal. I should say that in a sexier voice. (laughs) Front sway bar disconnect. There you go. Slowly, Matt, slowly. But it's like what we just tested on the new Grand Cherokee, where you have this driver activated front sway bar disconnect. And this is what's interesting to me is I suspect that this is only going to be available with the five link rear end. And what we saw in the Tundra was less articulation out of the rear end with the five link than we saw with the leaf springs. And that's because of the positioning of the shocks. The shocks are positioned outside of the frame, which limits packaging. And because it's further outside the frame, they'd have to be much longer in order to provide the same amount of articulation. You probably have less articulation with the five link rear, which means they had to address it somehow. Yeah. And they did it by adding the sway bar disconnect in the front, which according to the literature says you get a 10% increase in ramp travel index. And I think that that's super cool. It also super just, cool. and it, it should, it, it should ride a lot better. Yeah. Too. I think less that's toss. the, you know, having experienced this on Jeeps that I've owned, that's the real, you know, yeah. ticket thing here. Right. Quality improves. Four wheel drive, you know, turn that front sway bar off and it's just, when you, as an occupant, you can feel it when you're off-road. You're not getting tossed around. Yeah. It makes a big difference in, in, in off-road ride comfort. So auxiliary DC switches is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, we've seen that historically from, you know, I think Ford really uh, was the one that led that. Mm-hmm. And Jeep and Ram and all of those guys came along. Super cool because anybody that's modifying their truck, lights, whatever, 
can take advantage of that. And, sure. I, and I really support it because I have seen too many trucks burned down from sketchy wiring and yeah. it's really started to change in this S pod switch pro trigger system kind of era. And I think that those things are fantastic. I just noticed heated and cooled seats on, on trail hunter and TRD pro. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a nice thing. You it know? is. It, I mean, yeah, you think that cooled seats are ridiculous until you try it and you're like, Oh my God, I'd almost rather, I mean, living in Arizona, Cooled seats are a, know, they're they're so a big good. thing. They're so good. Well, and 33-inch Goodyear Territory tires, which I have found to be a nice hybrid tire. They're not, yeah. they're kind of mud terrainy, they're kind of all terrainy. They're they're really a nice balance. And 33 inches in diameter. The one thing that's a little bit of a hmm is the 18-inch wheels. Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but you want the tire wheel package to be as close to as possible, the tires being twice the diameter of the wheels. So with them being an 18 inch wheel, you're, you need to have a 36 inch diameter tire in order to hit that optimal yeah. balance. It could be something to do with the brake packaging. It could I, be something we're not that's sure. also solvable in the aftermarket, right? You know, um, and hopefully so 17 inch wheels are a better choice. I can see the 18 inch wheels on the TRD pro cause it's very much a go fast truck now. It's the brakes, right? I mean, yeah. and we're probably seeing a lot of Tundra components. Mm-hmm. Again, this is very early days. Yep. But I would have to think Toyota has this history of parts sharing and uh, not yeah. developing products that are already developed components, I should say. Um, oh, heads up display, too. You liked you liked the uh, the rigid white amber switchable LED lights. Yeah, that was I think interesting. That that's super cool because the yellow is obviously nice for when it's severe fog. Or rain. Even. Or rain or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, you can you can have a little bit of individuality there. Mm-hmm. And it's just a I mean, I think it's just a different chip that goes in there that yeah. is switchable. So um, I think that that's a, a kind of a cool innovation. And I mean, it does come I, actually, I would love to see that stuff more in the aftermarket. And it's cool to see that happening here. Yep. So I'll definitely be watching rigid. Uh, and there's an integrated LED light bar in the grill. This, the trail hunter has the frame mounted rock rails. It has an ARB steel rear bumper. The recovery hooks are, they look to be full gross vehicle weight rating, if not higher rating. Yeah. It looks like they run down the frame members, so they've got to be just... And it looks like they're super heavy-duty ARB aftermarket uh, recovery points, which have been legendary for quality. The bed utility bar, not really digging that. Um, You can see it in the photos. We'll put those into the podcast, but... Oh, yeah, kind of TRX. Like It's very like 90s. I get it on the TRD Pro, but it doesn't make any sense on the Trail Hunter. Yeah. So that would end up being... I did read that they're going to have a kind of that Baja bar style thing, and then they'll have a full length option. Oh, maybe that's an option. You know, but think about this. Like if I was, you know, well, I am in the automotive aftermarket for work. I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, yeah, people are probably still going to mess with them, but we're getting a truck that out of the box. Like, I mean, from the dealer, you can get an, you know, an engineered bed rack, just all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's... And put it all into your payment, put it all into your warranty. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, definitely from, you know, people that we've talked to in the, on the OE side, like they're, they recognize how much money they're losing by not having that stuff, you know, go out of their door versus the aftermarket. And we're seeing them do it. Yeah. Across the board. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm like, boy, like Tacoma 33s, like, yeah, maybe 35s and a little lift and whatever. But like, do you actually need to anymore? Not really. Um, you know, does it become more of a matter of personal styling at, at that point? Maybe. Um, On Jeeps, that's still very much the case. Yeah, but. yeah. 
Should we hop over to TRD Pro? In one moment, because there's one more thing I wanted to talk about, which was interesting. So from the Overlander perspective, oh. because it's the iForce Max, it has a 2400 watt inverter in the bed. So when you've got your camper system, you have a 12 volt outlet in the bed and a 2400 the 12 watt. 12 volt outlet I'm super excited for because, well... It's a pain to have to do that in the aftermarket. And if you want to put a fridge back there or whatever, it's already done. It's got this gigantic battery pack. So what I'm curious of is does the hybrid battery pack, Mm. it's like 1.8 kilowatts. I can't write. It's a nickel metal hydride battery pack. It is. Yeah. One it's, it's a 1.87 kilowatt hour. I think that Jeep's doing that on the four by ease now, but it's AC only. It's not 12 volt. But that's the that's the cool thing. You could have this 2400 watt yeah. inverter running off of the built-in batteries. That'd be really, in the really high, cool. I if mean, you think it about could it, be. That's 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 your Honda generator. Totally. That you bring with you. Oh, yeah. That you no longer have to. Well, think of the stuff that can run off of that battery pack. That's a big battery pack. You could run an air conditioner for a period yeah. of time off of that. You could run compressors. You could run, do all of your charging of your electronic mm. devices. You could at 2,400 Watts, you could run an induction cooktop. Yeah. So you could integrate all of that with just the factory system within the truck, which think about it. It doesn't it add any more really, weight. It would be really cool if I could run off of that. Yeah. yeah. So th- those are some battery. hopeful yeah. insights. So now you wanted, you're, you're digging the TRD pro a little bit. Well, actually the thing I just noticed too is integrated high output air compressor in the bed Yeah. on the trail hunter. Again, it's like one less thing that you have to do. Just buy the thing and go use it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the you know the TRD Pro. Uh, it, yeah, it, it interests me. I mean, it seems like the seats are of real interest. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So there are what I'm going to make sure I enunciate this correctly. Isodynamic performance seat. It looks uh, interesting. It's, it's like pro- I get it. So it, so you probably can only do work so great. much with the chassis, and if you're trying to improve ride quality, and you only have so much within the packaging of the vehicle, you can only get so much wheel travel. I mean, just like Unimogs do, commercial trucks do. I mean, guaranteed the UPS or FedEx driver that delivers your packages has a you know a suspended seat and a suspended seat. It's interesting to see it in this. I hope that people realize that that it doesn't actually make your car go any faster. It's just it's a gonna be comfort comfortable thing, and exactly. it looks a bit. It's there's some a bit like 1990s Fast and the Furious, or I guess it, early 2000s. Like yeah. it, it it's it, very Fast and the Furious, and it, it even has little cool. ga- gauges on it, probably that show like the amount of travel that you're. So like, imagine your poor passenger in the back that's yeah, trying so, to monitor so there's that. Gonna, the, the, the problem with all of this is that now when you go to like cars and coffee or whatever, you know, yeah, basically I have a trophy truck. You know, like I've only got 10 inches of travel, but you know, I've got these. Isodynamic seats and it's basically a trophy truck. You know, it's trophy truck technology. <laughs> and 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 people aren't gonna shut up about it. And that's gonna be really Well, and then they're gonna drive it like a trophy truck. Yeah. Yeah. And they're gonna, it's still a Tacoma underneath. Yeah. Like which is not to take anything away from the car. It's not a trophy truck. So <laughs> it'll it may keep them out of the hospital, possibly, but yeah, it's not gonna save the truck. It'll be interesting to see if with this, people start to overdrive them. Yeah. Because you know, uh, all of a sudden it, it would require some careful marketing. It's an interesting addition. Yeah. I, th- I think it might work really, really well, but it is at this point a little left field. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the, the, just as Pro. long as somebody comes up with like some thoughtful little covers for it. So you don't have to like stare at the, 
It looks it looks like um, the T series, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like like his ne- neck shots yeah, or something. I mean, like they're 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 interesting, and yeah. I'm sure people will geek out about it. No, it's a it's a cool technology. Like I said, Unimogs use that yeah, kind of same you know, in a different different application. I I get it. It's just it is different. It's such a unique yeah thing. I mean, I but guess, it also, like you said, it further differentiates TRD Pro as the go fast vehicle. Yeah. And it's three inches wider. It's an inch and a half to two inches taller than the standard Tacoma. 33 inch tall tires. So it's it's clearly meant for and Fox internal bypass switchable you know, shocks. It, shocks that yeah. would be very similar to what's on the the current new generation Tundra. It's it's interesting. A lot of the stuff kind of parallels the Trail Hunter. Um, you still get the ARB steel rear bumper, the fog lights, and and a lot of that kind of thing. But it is, it is interesting because they have an aluminum front skid plate on the TRD Pro and a hot hot stamp steel skid plate on the Trail Hunter. So they're trying to yeah they're, to have some differentiation in in actual functionality. Which it's I just like the TRD Pro thing. has become an inherently less interesting to me. Yeah, because the Trail Hunter really solves it. In their documentation, they actually refer to it as their their overland vehicle. So, yeah, it's a factory-developed overlander straight from Toyota. That's yeah. Toyota's words. So, clearly, and we heard it at SEMA last year with the VP of marketing saying Toyota is all in on overlanding. Yeah. And it's very clear that they're all in on overlanding. And this is the part I mean, that... The, the, the like 10-page press release, yeah. probably, you know, you could play a game every time Toyota says overlanding, take a shot, you won't make it to the end. <laughs> you wouldn't make it to the end, which is a good thing. And it this is when I... It's so funny when people will say like, we're at peak overlanding. We haven't even started. Right now, the OEMs are actually getting into overlanding, which yeah. of course... It can make it very... I think, I think we hit peak bolting stuff onto your truck for no purpose, maybe. Hopefully. You know, I think there's <laughs> a lot of a lot of bored people during the pandemic. But <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So here's what I want to talk about on TRD Pro and Trail Hunter, because I do want to dedicate uh, time to TRD Sport, TRD Off-Road, because realistically, for most people, those are going to be the best buys. SR5, yeah. TRD Off-Road. Yeah. If yeah. it's available, it isn't clear that it is. So we still don't know. Yeah, there's if you not can a get, full build spec sheet available. Yeah, yet. we just don't quite know if you can get the iForce Extra Cab SR5 with the TRD package, which would include the rear locker and a manual transmission. If you could, that would be the Scotty spec. Yeah. White truck. Extra cab, 1,700-pound payload. And I'm looking at this TRD off-road, but here's what I want to talk about. I just tried to buy a Tundra TRD Pro, okay? They end up being, I I think they're 69,000 and change Mm -hmm. MSRP. But here's the problem, dealer markup. And this is something that is seriously going to affect this new Tacoma. Obviously, we know a lot of people are interested in them. It is a a significant upgrade. So there's going to be a lot of interest these days, pretty standard. If there's interest in the truck, you're looking anywhere from a five to fifteen thousand dollar markup. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if the first ones on the lot, you know, in Southern California, are even selling for more of that. So this is where I want to go. Why I like the TRD off road is you're probably not going to pay a dealer markup on a TRD off road. The TRD Pro, the Trail Hunter, you know, they're going to be more expensive. Pricing, to be very clear, has not been released yet. But to me, these seem like trucks that are going to be in the high 50s, low 60s range by looking at, you know, competitive comparisons Mm -hmm. where the current vehicle is priced. So, you know, at high 50s, low 60s for this trail hunter, cool, great. But it's really going to be probably 70s or 80s. 
And that is just a reality of where we are right now. Um, At what point do, do like consumer advocacy groups come in and put some pressure on these dealers I mean, to I mean, stop. they're just so bad. Like, well, they're just abusing consumers. It's not Toyota's fault. Toyota sets the MSRP. My, my Toyota dealer, like, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, they told me 2,500 to 3,700 over sticker was their local thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm fine with that. And then I get the out the door price and, you know, there's a $10,000 thing thrown on there and a $2,000 tint package and a this and a that and whatever. And it's like, it's predatory. Yeah. I mean, like buying a car from a new car dealer 95% of the time really, really sucks. Yeah. It's like, there's so many pain points at so many different things. And then there's not even the interest. Markup. It's almost like it's their tactic. They, they, yeah. they, they abuse you so much that you finally, like, you know, I would love to just go online and be, and cause you're, everybody's building trucks these days anyways, because of the lead time. So you get exactly what you want, you know, cut the dealers out of it. Like let them, let them, let them service cars because that's where they make their money anyways. And, you know, it's like the people that couldn't become cell phone salesmen, 99% of the time become car salesmen. Like there's great ones out there. Um, Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's great dealer experiences. Like, like if you go to a Lexus dealer, you have a different experience. Yeah. But it is so bad. You know, Ford has been enforcing these pricing gouging, trying to. No, no. The other truck I, I tried to go and buy was a Tremor. You try and buy a Tremor right now, $20,000 over sticker yeah. is what I was getting out of Phoenix and the dealer here in Prescott. I mean, we're talking about the the Tremor. Yeah, it's got some unique front springs and it's got yeah. tuned gas shock absorbers. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, there's maybe $1,000 of value there and you're, you're charging. The winch. the winch is $3,999 aftermarket. Got it. Fitted at the dealer, not on the assembly line. My point being is, at MSRP, these vehicles can be great value, mm-hmm. I think. To have it just all done is really, really cool. And then you make your little tweaks and stuff from there. But again, how much of this stuff are you going to be taking off anyways? Yeah. And then if you throw that five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar dealer, you know, added markup on there. Well, do, so then we do we, they do they actually become relevant because yeah. that truck at 70 or 80 doesn't like there's like somebody so that's going to be driving a TRD off road at in the 40s, solidly equipped. And then you ask yourself, hmm, yeah. is it worth 30 or 40 thousand dollars extra? Yeah, because that's what it ends up being. And again, we don't know final numbers, but if Toyota is listening, that's going to be a pain point for consumers. Well, and what we can do on the podcast because of the size of the audience, if anybody knows of a dealership that doesn't gouge their customers that sells at MSRP yeah. for a Toyota dealership, let us know. Yeah. We'll put it out there. We'll give that we will gladly support that dealership 100%. And and I think, you know, while I'm on my soapbox, looking at that Tundra TRD Pro. I mean, you could like grab the front grill and move it. It was so plasticky. So I really really hope that with the Tacoma they have listened to their traditional customers who are saying, oh man, the styling and that's a little bit weird. The build quality is a little bit weird. I mean, for the first time we're seeing Toyota having reliability issues when they launched it. How much of that is just pandemic supply chain chaos, whatever? I don't know. You know, yeah. Any reliability these, issues these are going to be short run for Toyota. I hope so. Yeah. But these vehicles are getting up there in price and Again, when you throw the reality of the current market with these dealer ADMs, I hope that the build quality is worth the squeeze, you know, that they're asking for price because, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that a Gladiator, for example, the build quality is actually really, really good on it. I know on the, you know, the Chevy stuff, the build quality has improved hugely. Hugely is not a word. 
but <laughs> we'll see. What and then they've go. also done well on some of the reliability rankings. Yeah, recently. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people are people are nipping on the toes. Interested to see where it goes. But the Tacoma that we're looking at right here is, I mean, I'm looking at the photo of it right now. That I'm thing, so excited. It's just, it's just I mean, ra- raised air intake. It looks like a Prinsu style rack on the top. It's like 33 inch tall tires, skid plates, rock rails, lockers, like sweet. Like, like everything that you would need. I mean, seriously I, cool. You know, I, know but I do hope you're right. I th- and, th- and I think this is the way that I feel too. I really hope that we can get that 1700 pound payload extra cab. Yeah. SR5 with a locker and a manual. Please, Toyota, like give us the Scotty spec. That's what yeah. that's the truck that I want. <laughs> so let's let's go on to this TRD off-road. Okay. I'm gonna read some of the specs from the sheet. It gets the iForce engine as standard. So we actually really haven't talked about that. The iForce Max. No. Are you saying TRD off-road? TRD oh. off-road. Okay, yeah. got it. 278 horsepower, 317 pound-feet of torque, and a manual transmission is available. Mm-hmm. To me, that's really exciting. Super I love exciting. the idea of a, you know, kind of that base Tacoma that's just charming and cool and works and yep. you can take it anywhere. You can get the iForce Max. That obviously comes with the eight-speed automatic. That gives you more power. That's 326 horsepower and 465 pound-feet of torque. It's worth noting you lose a couple horsepower and a couple pound feet of torque when you go to a ma- six speed. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah. It's it's not that big of a deal. It's probably tuning related or, or, yep. or something like that. TRD Off-Road gets you, for the first time, remote reservoir shocks. Bilsteins, mm-hmm. again, for most people, that's kind of cool. But you're not also then paying a bunch of money for you know the Fox stuff. Um, if you don't need it. If yeah. you don't need it. Yeah. Although I will say... If the TRD Pro and the Trail Hunter do come with those wider front control arms uh, and and wider rear axle, like that could maybe steer me towards that those vehicles. But sometimes you don't, you just don't need the wheel travel, and you don't. Need I wouldn't the want width. it. I wouldn't want the width or the wheel, like because then you're you're talking full size yep. truck in a mid size platform, mm-hmm. which is believe me, the amalgamation of parts really cool. Uh, available thirty three inch tires on the TRD off road. I think that that's really cool. 17 inch wheels. You can get that on 17 the or 18s yep. electronic rear locker front stabilizer bar disconnect. I mean, it just seems that to me, yes, the trail hunter is cool. The TRD pro is just kind of con- a continuation of a model that we already know, but this TRD off road has all of the exciting kind of elements to it. Yep. Oh, man, that's except that's maybe- for the only thing that throws me off is it just says double cab only. Mm. And it's like, can you get the TRD off-road in the extra cab? Well, right here it says double cab only. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, like, see, for me, for dog people, double cabs the that's the only consideration. My, my thought is, can you just get? Can you just option in the rear locker? Can you just like click the option for the rear locker on an SR5? So extra cab. I think it doesn't say it. On the, the, so on the SR5, it looks like the only way that you can get the multi-link rear suspension, so the five-link. It's going to be cab. Tundra, Land Cruiser-esque, is on the double cab. Yep. So I, I do like that they're still offering the landscaping truck. Yeah. You know, I think that that's really... That's the truck I want. <laughs> that's really I cool. want the manual transmission, SR5, extra cab, 17-inch yeah. wheels. I mean, there's a locker. huge a huge range of yeah. stuff here. There is. is. pretty cool. It is. Um, it's very cool. You know, and for the pre-runner guys, there is a TRD pre-runner if you're going to build it into a little a little go fast truck on your own yeah um and they did keep the leaf springs on that which is going to just be easier to get more travel out of and cheaper to do so 
um, with these multi-link coil rear ends here. There's there's packaging problems on on, on trying to get too much wheel travel out of it usually. Um, but you know, I'm, so, I'm I'm really excited about the engines that that like was it a three liter V6 that they had 3.5 3.5 yeah I, it it did its job you know in stock form it was pretty fuel efficient it was literally the first gear in the automatic that killed it yeah once it was, you're going it was, it was fine it was but fine like, I, I mean I'm so excited the the aftermarket's huge for the Tacoma and I like messing with stuff yeah and you know I can't help to think but you know, Cobb or, or some of these engine tuning companies with Toyota being fairly conservative, 2.4 liters producing 278 horsepower. Boy. Yeah. Imagine, imagine some bolt-ons that could get you reliably 30 or 40 horsepower. Again, or you just do the iForce Max and you're at 326 horsepower. That's crazy. Yeah, num- those yeah. are crazy numbers out of a midsize. Yeah, crazy numbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they have to because this EV wave is coming and, you know, I mean, look at the Rivian, like yeah. zero to 60 in three seconds or something, yeah. right? Electric is just really quick. The one thing that I noted was with the with the iForce Max that the, the torque is nearly double what the outgoing Atkinson cycle motor is. Yeah. It, That's it, incredible. It, it'll be good. And, you know, the Tacoma, we're obviously really big here on on sticking within that gross vehicle weight. We know through experience that that is where vehicles perform the best. Well, it just keeps you from getting in a bunch of trouble if you get in yeah, an accident. But people do overload the crap out of their Tacomas. And yeah. historically speaking, they take it. You yeah. know, I mean, anytime you see a slightly built Tacoma with a four wheel camper on the back, they're probably, you know, 50 to a hundred percent over their GVWR and it right. just works. Yep. So now we're getting in theory, a, a redesigned, stronger chassis shared with Land Cruiser, Tundra, et cetera, more horsepower, more torque, bigger brakes, bigger brakes, like all, all of these things that um, they're addressing it handily addressing like, our like feedback. I, for am, sure. I, I am so glad that I don't have to make the Tacoma the butt of my jokes anymore. <laughs> now, I don't know about Tacoma people. You know, they'll... they'll no, they're the nicest people. I don't know. I don't there's going to the, there's gonna be a guy out there that's going to tell you about his isodynamic performance seats. And that's but, all but that'll be a new about. That'll be a new customer to Toyota. That was not like a traditional Tacoma buyer. Yeah. That'll be some, I mean, they're not making STIs anymore, so... Well, so let's talk about payload real quick. So, and towing. The maximum towing has now moved to 6,500 pounds, which is it's going to meet the needs of most towing requirements. It is less than some of the competition. So Gladiators, yeah, 7,500 pounds, and then it's, the it's super important to remember too that towing capacity, payload capacity, like all of these things, uh, while we like them, they do actually inhibit a bit of off-road performance. You're attaining oh, yeah. that through larger rear axles, which have bigger ring and pinions, which means less final ground clearance, you know, less articulation, payload, less articulation, payload and towing generally comes at spring, the cost of a higher spring rate, mm-hmm. which sacrifices ride quality, articulation, all these things. So there is a sweet spot and full size trucks do exist, Yeah, you know, but we're not talking 800 pounds of payload anymore. We're talking 1700 pounds of payload. It's a big, it's a big difference. Yeah. And for us, we have always established that our minimum like expected payload out of a midsize truck is 1600 pounds and they've beat that. Toyota has beat it. They've, they've hit the numbers that we think are important. Yeah. And yes, tow 6,500 pounds. And it says here that the iForce extra cab grade maximum payload increases to 1709 pounds on the TRD off-road. Which is really cool. That means four-wheel drive. I would think so. Because otherwise they would call it the TRD pre-runner. So it says 
if you can get a TRD off-road at 1,709 pounds of payload, like, good job, Toyota. That's really that's cool. That's incredible. Like, I want one. I know. And that's weird. I know, I know. That's weird. <laughs> I, I totally, I mean, yeah, maybe it'll but, just but be like I bring it all back to the white Tacoma There's again. something so charming about the concept of the Tacoma. Reliable, yes. has a great residual value. I mean, speaking of residual values, I don't know if you've looked at what used Tacomas are selling for right now. Oh, yeah. Like, people are retiring. People are retiring. Yeah. Like yeah, Paula's going to sell her Tacoma and she's going to go live in Spain for 25 years. Like, I mean, we're talking $50,000 used Tacomas yeah. with 30, 40, 50, 60,000 miles on them. We're talking 100,000 mile trucks for 30s and 40s. And they're not that much less, I should say. Yeah, no, you want to, but that, that, that's why we're seeing the dealer markup. You know, again, I think Trail Hunter, it's so cool to, I'm going to just going to read this out loud on Toyota's press release. All new Trail Hunter is a factory-developed overlanding rig built from the ground up with the latest integrated off-road equipment from ARB, Old Man Emu, and Rigid. That's really cool yeah. to see in a Toyota press release. No doubt. Because this is historically like a company that has been very conservative and you know, kind of gave everybody what they needed, not what they wanted. Now we have a Tacoma that has needs and wants covered. I mean, Matt Scott just says he wants one. So that's, that's I mean, saying maybe. something. We'll see. I mean, I love the idea of a small little truck because trucks are getting so big yeah. that they're getting really, really hard to park. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you drive it every day, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like try and park an F-250. Yeah, they're the real deal. They're they're big. Well, and but then all vehicles are getting so big now due to crash safety and people just want bigger stuff. And we're in this huge economic boom, you know, or coming off of it or whatever we want to say. The parking spaces haven't gotten any wider. <laughs> and it's it's really cool to Yeah. You know, I'm again I'm looking at this trail hunter and I'm like, boy, how great would that be to to literally buy that, throw like an AT camper on yep. there from from AT Overland and just go. Like yeah. you don't have to modify. Like it even Nothing. has twelve volt in the Yeah. It's ready to go in, in the bed already. Yeah, it's um, ready to go. Super cool, but it's the TRD so what you, off road that is actually the one that I think is. Oh, I, I yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking at it. and I'm like the 33s. You know, it's got yep. it's got some skid plates. The front sway bar disconnect. It's got a lot of the gadgets with that multi terrain select that honestly I don't really pay that much attention to. Boy, that that seems like a really great kind of realistic option. Yeah. That should be pretty popular. What do you see for potential downsides, cons? I'm worried about build quality, to be honest. A lot of the touch points on the on the new Toyota truck stuff, just I hope that they're meeting the competition in that area. I know you can't have everything, but the the build quality on the Tundra that I was looking at wasn't I know it's gonna run forever. Like the like there's a difference between like reliability and build quality. Like yeah. Toyota's never yeah, durability, reliability, and build quality are all three different things. Yeah, so I, I'm worried about the build quality on this because, you know, the last generation Tundra was very basic, but it worked and it didn't rattle and it didn't squeak. And when you slam the door, you were slamming the door. Even 200,000 miles later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So a lot of the the plastics and things that Toyota has been using lately, like I, I can't help but compare Tundra to this. There's chassis similarities and it's kind of that new design language was brought in with with Tundra. I hope that the build quality is there. Again, I, I think, think we should make a trip. We should get a Tacoma and drive it to the manufacturing plant in Guanajuato, Mexico. Hmm. I think we should just get get the nod, nod, wink, wink from Toyota PR yeah. and let us drive it down to old Mexico and hmm. go check out the plant yeah. for ourselves in person. It's also an airplane. 
<laughs> okay, you can meet me. You can meet me there. You can meet me there. No, I'm kidding. That'd be a really fun drive. <laughs> it would be a really yeah. Fun drive. I, I, again, I think I think big any other things. Any other it's going to be the mind? dealer markups on these. Yeah, uh, particularly in the Trail Hunter, I think it's really cool. But I think you have to consider. You know, it's kind of like the joke. I'm going to use the Raptor as the example. When the Raptor first came out, yeah, it was really cool. But you know, there was definitely the the skeptics that were like, oh, well, you're paying ten or fifteen thousand dollars more for shocks, wheels, and tires. And then people were paying on top of that dealer markups. And then, you know, it's like, okay, it was worth it at the MSRP price increase, but will it be worth it at the actual selling price? That would be my concern. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not Toyota. That's just car dealers. Yeah, Maybe we can just get rid of them. So there's been some efforts. Yeah. For sure. And again, there's, and good, that, there's good ones out there, but. The, and that's the problem that the, the dealerships are going to have. Eventually they'll put themselves out of business because they, you can only abuse people for so long before finally consumers say that's enough. Again, with the, with the Tundra, with the added, you know, ADMs and stuff that they're putting onto it for the TRD pro. I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll follow through, but I just went, I was so frustrated. I went and I put a, a deposit down on a Rivian because it's, there's so much more truck there for actually the same amount of money. Like, and you get the experience of like it can be delivered here to the office. Yeah, and it's done. And I don't. Have and they'll to walk deal you through the truck. Drama. Like Nothing. I don't have to get forced into the finance office where yeah. like another weirdo is going to try and fleece me for five points over their buy rate. Oh, by the way, car dealers do that. So if you're getting like a five percent interest rate, there's probably two or three points that are on the table that they're making. So there's just all of these. Pain when you points. buy a Rivian, you actually talk to a banker at Chase. Yeah, it's like an actual bank. Not yeah. So I person. think that that'll be a downside, but I don't think we know enough yet. I, I, I'm seeing a lot of positivity here on this vehicle. I applaud Toyota for listening to, to the market. And yeah, uh, it's going to be, it's going to come down to build quality for me. The only thing that I can find so far, because there's some unanswered questions around some packaging, but it's the 18 inch wheel on the mm. trail hunter. So that also comes back to your recommendation around the TRD off-road as opposed yeah. to the TRD off-road pro the 18 inch wheel that's not a benefit in my mind when no. you can get a 17 but the pros we can still get a manual transmission Tacoma how amazing is that in 2024 there, there's going to be a, a six-speed manual Tacoma still available turbocharged like, what a mir- yeah what a miracle yeah just a cool little engine um, and I do like turbo motors a lot and these turbo gas motors it's where, it's where and how they make their power which is yeah. down low which is how you are actually using it on the street that's right and on the trail that's right they've completely addressed the power issue from the last model in both the fact that they've added two gears to the automatic. So it's going to have to have a lower first gear because that was the Achilles heel of the other yeah. one. So it's going to be way better loaded up or pulling a trailer or whatever mm. because it makes way more power and it has two more cogs yep. in it. So a bunch of different engine options. We only had one engine before that. Now we got three different motor options depending on what you want to get. And then sway bar disconnect. Yeah. So, the sway bar disconnect is a bigger deal than people think. Yeah, it I mean, just makes a huge difference. Historically, that has been reserved for the Gladiator, or sorry, for the Rubicons. Mm-hmm. It is on the Gladiator and it's on the Wrangler. Now it's on the 4xE uh, Grand Cherokee yep. Trailhawk. It really does make a difference. Like huge. if you're just cruising down a dirt road and you turn that off, you're going to have somebody in the back seat go, What did you just do? <laughs> yeah, it, it truthfully, you feel it. You, yeah, truthfully, you feel it. I did not expect to see to see that. When I was reading through the spec, I'm thinking this is unbelievable because Toyota, it's normally incremental. Mm, You see incremental improvements from them. They already make a great vehicle and then they incremental, incrementally improve it. 
this is literally like Toyota said, we're either going to have to address this competition, which is coming at us rapidly, or we're going to face a lot of market share loss. And they addressed it. And everybody in the last couple of weeks has showed their cards. I'm not saying that Toyota is going to come on top, but there is there is this gut feeling within me that if you have the Ranger Raptor, you have the Colorado and you have this TRD Pro Trail Hunter. I, I like the split from Toyota, but let's yeah. just say those things, you put them all out there. There's, there's something to the history and legacy of reliability and simplicity that Toyota mm-hmm. has that would truthfully lead me to choose the Toyota product over the GM or the Ford product. Sure. Because again, like we said, like we've been in so many sketchy places in the world. And when you're in a sketchy place in the world, you grab the Toyota. Yeah, you want to you want it to make the starting noise. Yes. Yeah. But what'll be interesting is not that the others won't be great options. We, to your point, none of this stuff is proven out yet, yeah. but Toyota does have the legacy of reliability yeah. that we should be able to continue to see. The one thing that'll be interesting though is like within moments, we're gonna see now the bison AEV. Yeah. Colorado on 35s with in with jounces like hydraulic jounces yeah. and yeah. winches uh, just cr- crazy and that's crazy probably the, the vehicle to compare to the trail hunter yeah which is where it then kind of ends up a little bit more Toyota where it is a little bit more conservative yeah. but you know, but just to look GM's at, credit they went wild but look at it I mean just look at the fact that we can get a Gladiator look at the fact that we can get a 35 inch tire on an AEV equipped Colorado with front and rear lockers multimatic suspension yeah hydraulic jounces like this is nutty territory and the Tacoma is now like playing in nutty territory 33 inch tires yeah and on the big on horsepower the GM, numbers you can get similar uh, torque in the 400s mm-hmm. but without a hybrid system that's true yeah. so that'll be interesting to to see yeah no it's it, going to be fun to compare you know we saw so much competition go into the full-size space we love full-size trucks but they have size limitations yeah you know for the way a lot of people are going to use their vehicles in north america as this kind of uh, rock crawling with roof tent kind of thing that overlanding is kind of pushing towards this is really an interesting vehicle. Totally. So. And nice job, Toyota. Yeah. Like this was fun to talk about. Yeah. I have Super to find impressed. a new person to make fun of. <laughs> Just make fun of me often. Too I like nice. that. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too nice. <laughs> well, there's plenty of things to make fun of me about though. Yeah. I mean, well, start with my barber. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that was so fun to talk about the new Tacoma. We thank you all for listening. And seriously, if somebody knows a Toyota dealer out there that is not gouging customers, please let us know. We'd love to share that widely with all of you. And until then, we'll talk to you next time.